Well, good morning. It's good to see everybody, and uh, glad you're joining in online. I know we're still doing church a little different, um, but we're kind of getting used to it now. So um, these cameras, they look pretty nice. They look a lot better than what I'm used to looking at out here, but uh, I do miss everybody, miss seeing everybody's faces, and uh, miss shaking hands, miss hugs. Uh, you know, we had somebody come to our door this week and, and bring some ice cream for the boys, and all three of my boys, well, I'll just tell you, it was Sue. Sue and Bill came by and brought some Bluebell ice cream bars, and my boys ran to the door, and my youngest boy looked up at, looked up at me, and he said, Dad, can I hug her, please? Um, because uh, everybody's starving just for social connection and um, physical attention, and, and so I've never seen uh, your little boy, three boys, actually hug uh, somebody harder. They were just uh, so excited to get to hug somebody, so... Um, Sue's probably home with COVID-19 now, but that's okay. She got hugged, but uh, just it's just a strange world that we're living in, but uh, it is neat that we can still get together. We can still get into God's word. We can still be the church uh, without a building, without walls. Uh, we're supposed to be outside these walls anyway, and so I want to um, share something today that, that I personally have been struggling with that's been a, a challenge for me, and so I just decided I was going to preach to myself this morning um, way back in 2015, I listened to a sermon by Andy Stanley, and uh, it was out of the book of Matthew uh, chapter 6. That's where we're going to be this morning, but um, I listened to a sermon. It really changed the way I looked at one thing that I really struggle with in my life, and uh, it, it changed the way that I dealt with it, and I think it will help you as well. So I took notes on that sermon, which is a good reason that you ought to take notes when you hear preaching um, and get into God's Word and Bible studies, because you never know when you might need to come back to that. So I went back to those notes um, the last few weeks as I've struggled with this thing in my life, and uh, they were encouragement to me, and I took some of those notes, and I added a lot of my own stuff to them, and I wrote a sermon. And actually, I, I planned a four-part sermon um, on this subject. And so we're going to talk about, the next few weeks, we're going to talk about worry. Um, where it comes from, how we deal with it. These are times in our world that it's so easy to be overcome with worry. And I'll tell you where it started uh, this week for me uh, and got a lot worse. Uh, I always struggle with worry and anxiety, but this week I really had kind of a midweek moment that it just really overwhelmed me. Um, I was reading the news and I caught an article on the news that just broke my heart. It spiraled my life out of control. You may have heard about it. You may not have. Um, you might go ahead and get a tissue ready because uh, this kind of news, it just, it just kind of shakes us. I got news that Golden China in Stephenville, Texas was closing, closing their doors for good. Um, I know that may not mean a lot to you guys out there, but uh, I love Chinese food. You can see that uh, from my belly. And every Wednesday, uh, usually twice a month for years, Bill Dawkins and I, our custodian and friend, uh, we would get in a car and we would drive to Stephenville together during our lunch break on Wednesdays. And we would, we would eat Golden China. And Golden China had a buffet and they had ice cream at the end. And uh, man, I always enjoyed going there. My kids loved it. So I know that's such a small thing, but I, I get this news article that Golden China is closing, and then I begin to think, oh no, what's next? I mean, uh, what about uh, Pastafina across the road, and what about Taco Casa? Those are usually our favorite places to go eat, and you can tell where my mind and worry really is on my belly, right? And, uh, but seriously, I, I begin to really kind of panic about it. Well, if, if Golden China closes, man, 
what's the world going to look like after this? What else is going to close? And how are we going to continue to do church? And how do we continue, uh, you know, with, with the kids at home doing homeschool? And there's no baseball yet this year, and that's just different. And what about our finances? And uh, am I ever going to get to see my wife again because she's working Long hours all the time. Is that ever going to return to normal? And what about summertime? What about church camps? Ryan and I were talking about it this week. False Creek and children's camp. And what about vacation Bible school? And community rehab's already been canceled. And so, man, I'm just piling worry on worry on worry. And I'm sitting behind uh, the desk at my house. And I was praying and I was worrying. And I was scared and I was afraid. Um, and it all started with the end of a Golden China Buffet, which I know is such a small thing. But uh, I just... I, I want to talk to you very seriously because these are times that people tend to be overwhelmed. And there's some of you out there wondering what you're going to do for work. And there's some watching their bank account just go down and down and down. And others that are worried about getting sick or someone I love getting sick. Um, some that can't be home with their kids to help with homeschool. And you're panicked about that. And, and just looking at life, there's just so many areas that right now we can grab onto and we can pile worry on worry on worry and we end up carrying this gigantic load of worry around in our lives and in our hearts and so what I want to do today I want to talk about it out of Matthew chapter 6 verse 24 I want you to turn your Bibles there get ready we're, we're gonna be there in just a second we're gonna hear what Jesus has to say about worry but as uh, we've started every Sunday I want to start off with some worship uh, so this morning we're gonna play the song Waymaker and uh, we've sung it here at church before, but I love the lyrics. I think they're so powerful. Uh, I really think the title says it all because I really don't know what's going on in the world today. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what the future holds, but I do know this. God is the way through it. He is the way through it. And this song is titled Waymaker. Uh, not only is the way through the future, uh, he is the way to eternity. He is the way, the truth. And the life. And so as you worship today, uh, I don't know what your struggle is. I know we all have different struggles from different angles. Um, but I just want you to consider and know this. God is the way. He's the way through. Um, and so let's worship with this Waymaker this morning. Let's pray and then we'll sing Waymaker together. Holy Father, I do thank you, Father, that no matter the struggle, no matter the mountain, how tall it is, no matter the chasm, how, how wide it is to cross, Father, Lord, uh, when we don't know the way, when we don't have the strength, you are the way. You are our strength, Father. You are our hope. And Lord, uh, when we don't have anything else to cast our cares on and our worries on, Father, we have you. And we know that you're always the way through. Thank you, Lord, for being the way maker, not just in this life, but to the next life, to eternity in heaven, Father. Uh, we just want to take this time and worship you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I just want to start off by saying this. Uh, there are some of you out there that you just won't get the sermon that I'm about to preach. You just, uh, I'll, I'll preach it, and at the end of it you'll say, okay, that's not me. I know you're out there. I'm not ignoring you. I know you exist. There are just different kinds of people in our world. Um, there are those of you that don't worry about anything. In fact, your wife and your husband or your husband, they actually worry for you and they worry about you because you don't worry. Um, I know that well because I actually married someone like that. Uh, my wife doesn't worry about anything. You could tell her that a gigantic fireball was falling from heaven as we speak and that we only had hours to live and she would say, um, 
Don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. And honestly, um, if that happens, she's probably right. Because what can you do about a giant fireball falling from heaven? And that may be your point. But uh, there are some people out there that, man, you just don't worry about anything. You were that way in the eighth grade. Your parents were saying, listen, you've got to make good grades. You've got to do your homework. You've got to practice your baseball. You've got to do good on your ACT when you get in high school. You've got to do, and you said, ah, mom, it'll be okay. Dad, it'll be okay. I'm not worried about it. And your parents were trying their best to get you to worry about something, about anything. Um, but some of you out there, you're just like that. And so today, uh, you know, I'll find a job. It's okay. It's going to be fine. I'm not worried about it. I know your type. I married one of you. Uh, she tells me all the time. Don't worry, it's okay. Um, I hate to hear those words, man. So many times we'll be, you know, in the evening she'll say, what are you biting your nails for? That's my thing. I bite my nails when I'm nervous and she'll grab my hands and say, stop doing that. And I'll say, well, I'm just worried. And she'll say, stop worrying. And I think those are the dumbest words I think that she could speak to me during times like that because anytime somebody says, don't worry, it's like if I looked at you guys and I said, whatever you do, do not picture a purple banana in your mind. Now, I said that, do not picture a purple banana in your mind. And every one of you out there listening are seeing right now the ridiculous purple banana that I just said. And so sometimes when you say, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, all it does is, and I told my wife that, all it does is make me worry. Um, that's all it does is increase my worry. And so uh, I understand that. I'm not going to tell you today, don't worry. Um, I'm going to give you some words of Jesus that Jesus said, and he's going to tell us don't worry, um, but he's going to tell us why. He's going to make sense of our worry for us. And so I want to ask some questions throughout this message today. I want you to answer them honestly in your heart and just kind of see how God leads you. See the argument that Jesus is making. It's so powerful. It's so amazing. The first time I heard some of this, I thought, that is so good because um, it, it's using intellect. We're smart enough to figure this out. But I want you to see if this first question, see if you've heard it before, before we get to our text. Uh, I want you to just answer this question. Who of you, by worrying, who of you out there, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life. Now, some of you are going, I've heard this before, I think. Where did this come from? Um, who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? In other words, who, by worrying, can extend your life? Second question I'll have for you. Now, this one wasn't spoken by Jesus, but it's, it's kind of a counter to that one. Who of you, by worrying, could actually, possibly, maybe shorten your life? That's a good question to ask. I mean, I think if I were honest, that's how I would answer this question because um, I worry a lot. And worry, if you didn't know that medically, it raises your blood pressure. It does all sorts of things to us physically. It stresses us out, keeps us from sleeping at night, which sleep uh, is key to our health. It causes us to grind our teeth, affects so many different areas of our lives, makes our muscles tense. I get headaches all because I'm stressed. And so this second question who of you by worrying could actually shorten your life? And then the third question I want you to consider today is just so simple. How valuable is life? How valuable is your life? How valuable is life in general? How valuable, how important is your life to you? And I don't want you to be all spiritual and be like, oh, well, my life's not important. It's just live for Jesus. I'm not talking about that. Your life for Christ, how important is it? 
Is your life as important as the thing that you're worrying about? Because if you can't add a single hour to your life by worrying, you can actually shorten your life through worry, and your life is really, really important to you, then why in the world would you worry? And by worrying, you're making whatever the thing that you're worrying about more important than the life that you're living. This is going to be Jesus' answer to worry. I'm going to help you get there today if, as we look at this text. But I want you to see that worrying actually doesn't contribute anything to our lives. It just takes from our lives. Uh, so if worrying doesn't extend our life, if worrying has the potential to shorten our life, um, many experts would say that, why would we worry? So the gist of the sermon today is very simple. Stop worrying. So we could just end the sermon right there. Uh, we could close in prayer. It could be that, that easy. Um, of course, you know me better than that. We're not going to do that. But nobody out there argues that worry is beneficial. Nobody can say, if it hadn't been for worry, I wouldn't have accomplished this. Uh, I mean, we all know rationally that worry doesn't make sense, and yet we still do it all the time. So we're going to see today how Jesus addresses worry, because 2,000 years ago, worry was a thing. Uh, and 2,000 years from now, if we're still here, worry will be a thing. Um, people will still worry. Some of you, when I said, if we're still here, you said, what do you mean if the world's not here? And you started worrying about that, because you're like me. Um, it, it, worry has always been a problem in our world. So I just want to give you this. Here's a little nugget that we're going to use to carry the next three weeks. Uh, Jesus is going to say this. Jesus is going to teach us that the things that we're most devoted to in life, the things that we're most devoted to, the things that we care about the most, are going to be the things that determine also what we worry about the most. And so follow me here. The things you're devoted to the most are the things you worry about the most and are the things then that through that worry end up shortening your life and causing you all these problems. So we've already admitted that the most important thing to us should be the life that we're living. And yet, when we worry about these other things, all we do is take away from the most important thing. And so Jesus is going to help us diagnose the cause for our worry. Now, we live in a kind of medical talking world where we're talking about diagnosis and all that's going on with COVID-19. I just want you to consider that if you have the right or wrong diagnosis, the treatment will never work. And so we see worry as an emotional problem in our world today. Uh, we see worry and we say, you need a counsel. You've got an emotional problem in your life. But Jesus didn't see worry as an emotional problem. He actually gave it the right diagnosis. It'd be like if uh, actually this happened the other day. I was visiting with a family about a funeral. We're preparing to do a funeral. And I had a, a can of Dr. Pepper beside me. And so as I'm visiting with them, I'm on the phone on a conference call, on the phone visiting with this entire family, and I'm drinking Dr. Pepper, I'm writing sermon notes for this funeral that I'm about to preach, and in the middle of the third drink of Dr. Pepper that I got as I was writing, it all went down the wrong pipe. Instead of going into my belly, it all went down my windpipe into my lungs. And if you've ever experienced that, I know you have, immediately what happens is the strong urge to cough. You just have to, your body wants to get that out of your lungs because your lungs were made for oxygen, not for Dr. Pepper. I mean, Dr. Pepper's good stuff, but it's not good in the wrong place. And 
As it hit my lungs, I wanted to cough. Well, of course, I tried to hold it in the best I could. My eyes were watering. I was trying not to cough. I thought, I'll just let this stuff settle down in my lungs. It'll probably kill me because I was so afraid that if I coughed, they would think I had COVID-19 and wouldn't want me to do the funeral the next day. So I'm holding in the cough the best I can. Finally, out it come. And I coughed and coughed and coughed and uh, got all that Dr. Pepper out of my lungs. And right afterwards, there was just total silence on the phone. And I said, I just want to be, be very honest with you guys. I don't have COVID-19. I drunk Dr. Pepper and it went down the wrong windpipe. But could you imagine if I go to the doctor and I say I'm coughing all the time? He says, oh, yeah, you, you definitely have COVID-19. We need to give you, you know, the brand new um, vaccine that's out for COVID-19 and we'll help you fix And he get, well, what if he told me that and yet I was coughing because I had Dr. Pepper down the wrong windpipe, down my windpipe, right? That would be the wrong diagnosis. And thus the treatment would not work. And so I want you to see when we talk about worry, so often we talk about an emotional problem. We talk about a psychological problem. But Jesus is going to diagnose. He's going to give a diagnosis that's right on. That's way better. It's like looking at a cough and saying that's COVID-19 when really it's Dr. Pepper down your windpipe. Jesus is going to look to that and he's going to give the right diagnosis. So Jesus jumps to the heart of of the problem and his root reason you're going to see. So let's jump in. Matthew 6, verse 24. At first, you're not going to like this verse. I'm starting actually a verse earlier than you're going to want me to start because you're going to say you wanted to talk about money today. Matthew 6, 24 talks about money, but I'm going to argue very heavily that Matthew 6.24 is actually tied to 6.25 very directly. I can prove that to you if you'll look in your Bible. Verse 25 starts out, therefore, or for this reason. That guard partisan, that word there, that preposition, it actually always ties back to the previous text. So what Jesus is teaching in verse 24, he's carried on in verse 25, for this reason or therefore. So let's see what he says in verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and you'll love the other or you'll be devoted. We're going to look at that word devoted a lot. You'll be devoted to the one and you'll despise the other. You cannot serve God and money and wealth. The word there is the Greek word mammon and mammon is, is the word for material possessions for stuff. So it's interesting that, you know, right now you're thinking, well, time out, time out, time out. You're telling me that you, you told us that you were going to preach on worry. And now you're talking about my stuff. And that's personal because I like my stuff. I like my stuff too. It's a problem in all of our lives in America. We like stuff, right? It was obviously a problem then because Jesus is saying you can't serve God and all your stuff. Money, wealth. But here's the deal. Immediately, we're kind of get a little bit defensive because, yeah, I thought you were going to help me out with a problem in my life called worry and, uh, you know, this thing going on in my life and make my life better. But now you're talking about money. But that's sometimes how we read scriptures like this. But I want to be clear. Jesus is trying to help you with worry by teaching this verse. He is trying to help your life. In fact, God doesn't ever want to take from our lives. We have this idea sometimes as Christians and even non-Christians. If you're listening, you're not a Christian. Sometimes we have this idea that, well, God just wants me to, you know, become a Christian and give him all my stuff. 
God doesn't need your stuff. God wants you to have a full life. He wants to have you and he doesn't want you to be so focused on stuff that you waste your life worrying and biting your nails and stressed and losing years off your life because you're so worried about your stuff that you're missing out on the life that God has given you. Do you see really how in this verse Jesus is trying to talk about worry? He is trying to help us. God isn't just after our money and stuff. Uh, the God, uh, really, he, he, he knows that that stuff is an enemy to our lives. And so he's trying to protect us from that worry. Um, he doesn't want to take from us. He wants to add to us. So this isn't a lecture in verse 24. Jesus is giving us about our love for money. This is a loving, loving friend. Our God and our Savior coming alongside us and saying, listen, I want you to have a full life. And that worry is going to take from your life. And that worry is going to draw years from your life. And so I want to teach you about worry, but I want to start off by talking about the one thing. Actually, 70% of Americans say that the number one thing they worry about is finances, is money. And so Jesus starts off and says, let me show you here first where this worry comes from. So let's look at verse 25, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. This is what Jesus says. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. Therefore, you can't serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. That's pretty general. What parts of our life? Don't worry about your life. And then he addresses the things that that audience was worried about. What you will eat or what you will wear. Don't worry about that stuff. Look at the things that you need for your life. I don't know what they are for your life. Uh, Jesus uses the example, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. Um, we usually aren't worried about what we're going to eat every day. We're usually worried about what restaurant we're going to go to. We're usually not worried about what clothes we're going to, uh, you know, whether we're going to have clothes to wear. We're usually worried about where we're going to, you know, how we're going to pick clothes to wear out of our massive closets. But these were the problems of this time. These aren't the questions in America we're used to. We would usually say something like, God, I'm worried about how I'm going to retire. Or God, I'm worried about my health. Or I'm worried about my kids and whether they're going to get into the college that they, I want them to get into. Or I'm worried that I'm not going to be able to pay for that college. Or I'm worried about you know, my health or my friends or my family. Uh, I'm worried about my marriage and I'm struggling there. I'm worried about my prodigal son or my prodigal daughter. We have all sorts of worries in my life. They may look different than the worries that Jesus is talking about, but you could insert there whatever worry you want. I tell you, don't worry about your life, and then you could say what you will, and you can put whatever in your life you're worried about there. If he were addressing us, it would look way differently. Now, don't worry about your life is a very simple statement. That's not me saying that, by the way. That's Jesus, and he says, you're saying that, uh, you know, Jesus, are you telling us it's not important to eat and it's not important to wear clothes? That's not what he's saying at all. Don't miss the text. I'm going to show you that. He's not saying it's not important. Here's what's so brilliant about it. The point of this conversation is going to see it's not that retirement isn't important. It's not that school isn't important. It's not that finding a job and having income isn't important. It's simply that you don't have to worry about it because you don't have any control over it. You, your worry does nothing. Jesus wants us to know there's a way to face the uncertainty of tomorrow without worrying about it today. We live in an uncertain world, and especially now 
We live in an uncertain world. But it's possible to live in an uncertain world that's in chaos without worrying about it right now. And so he goes on and he asks a really big question. Verse 25, if you would be in your Bibles with me, just, just look at this question. He goes on and said, is not life more than food? And the body more important than the clothes you're wearing? Now, here's what he's doing. You got to follow me. He's not saying that food isn't important. He's just trying to refocus our priorities. He's trying to show us what really matters. Daniel, is life not more important than golden china? Of course, everybody out there says, well, that's stupid. Of course, life is more important than golden china then why would you worry about something so small and take from something that's so important? Do you see Jesus' argument? Is life not more important? His point would be simple. My 401k, my retirement plan, I don't know how I'm going to feed my family. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get my kids into this college. I don't know if I'm ever going to make it through high school or if I'm ever going to have my health again. I don't know if I'm ever going to find someone to marry, uh, if I'm going to be single my whole life. And Jesus would say, is life not more than those things? See, we get hyper-focused on these things. We get so focused on them, we're worried about them. When I pull back, you ask a question, is life bigger than the things I'm worrying about? Is life more than having money? Is life more than going to a certain college? Is life more than being married? I mean, if you're so worried about if you're ever going to get married and that's all you think about, Jesus would say, is life more than just being married? Is life more than... Those things that you're chasing after so hard. Jesus is teaching us to pull back, pull back, really look at your life and consider what is most important. Life is not those things. And then he says this amazing statement in Matthew 6, verse 26. I'm going to say it a thousand times today. Jesus looks out at the disciples and he says, look at the birds of the air. Look at the birds of the air. And the disciples and all the people there watching probably said, I don't have time to look at the birds of the air, Jesus. This is me. This is what I would have said. I don't have time to look at the birds. What do you mean, look at birds? Only people that have nothing else to do have time to look at birds. I don't have time to look at birds. I've got to find a job or I've got to get married or I've got to, uh, you know, Pass the next test, or I've got to work on my marriage, or I've got to build a bank account. What do you mean? I've got bills to pay, Jesus. I don't have time to look at the birds. I don't, I don't have time. And Jesus would have said, are you finished now? Are you ready to learn something? Because I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to reveal the the problem that you're having is not emotional, and I'm trying to help you. I'm not discounting the importance of any of those things. I, I want to make that real clear. I'm just trying to help you not to worry. I'm trying to fix this, this very dangerous, toxic thing in your life called worry. And I'm doing it by helping you focus on more important things and leaving those lesser things out of the way. And so Jesus says... Let me give you some advice. Look at the birds of the air. 
They don't sow. They don't reap. They don't store away in barns. He's addressing the bird culture. Here's how he would say it to us. They don't have a 401k. They don't get a college education. They don't walk their kids around and hold their hands all the time and put helmets on them when they're riding a bicycle so they don't ever get hurt. The birds, I mean, they shove their offspring out of the tree, right? From as high as they can. And that's how they learn to fly. Jesus, uh, don't try that, by the way, parents. Uh, he's very simple. He says, they don't worry about all those things. They have no idea. Look at the birds of the air. They don't make plans. They don't have jobs. They don't have budgets. They don't have mortgages. And they don't do any of the responsible stuff that you do. Now, I want you to hear me well. Jesus is not saying not to do those things. Watch this. He's not. He's saying those are all great things. Plan, prepare, work hard. Go to that next job interview. Save money. Be smart. There's so many verses about doing those things in life in the Bible. Jesus is not saying to, to drop those things. He's talking about our worry. And he says the birds don't do anything. And yet, your heavenly father feeds them. They don't do all that you're doing. And I don't look at the birds and go, you lazy birds, you should plan better. I'm not going to take care of you. God looks at the birds and even though they don't do any of that, he still feeds them. And then he asks us a question. Are you not much more valuable than the birds? Don't you think you matter to me more than them? And I see you working and I see you praying and I see you calling and trying to find a job and I see you trying to work on your marriage and I see you trying to raise your kids the best you can and don't you know the birds don't do any of that and I take care of them. And when I look at you, you're so much more valuable than the birds. You bear my fingerprints, God would say. When I see you, I see me. When I see you, I, I see my nature. I see my image. God loves you that much. I'm not going to send my Savior in the form of a bird, in the form of a flower you're about to see, in the form of a tree or an animal or an angel even. I'm going to send my only Son as a human. I'm going to die for you. Because you're much more valuable than anything else I've ever created. Why are you worrying? Consider the birds. Do you think God cares more for you than he does a bird? Of course he does. I know it's deep and I know you probably feel like you don't know scripture enough to answer that question. But do you believe that God loves you more than the birds outside? You see, that was a huge statement of faith, I know. So I just want us to practice it. I want you just to, whoever you're with right now, you just turn to them on the couch, recliner, in the car, and you just tell them, I believe that my God loves me more than birds. Right? I believe that my God loves me more than birds. He does. And he feeds them. 
And I know it's silly, but I'm just trying to track with what Jesus is teaching. So don't be critical. It's so significant. I'm telling you it's significant. Jesus is saying, look, this is a little bit elementary, but I'm telling you, don't worry. Because in life, you're going to face uncertainty. You're going to face things that are difficult and challenges. And I'm telling you, control is not the answer to security. Power is not the answer to security. So why are you worrying? It's not found by controlling your environment. It's not found by building your retirement. It's not found by working physically hard to keep your health up. None of that will give you the security that you need and want in life. He's showing us you can actually have uncertainty in your life and still not worry. You can actually not know where you're going to work tomorrow and you cannot have worry in your life. You can actually not be sure where your kids are going to go to college and not have worry in your life. He's telling you why you can be single and want to be married, but actually you cannot know that you'll ever be married and still not have worry in your life. Because he loves you more than birds and he takes care of the birds. So why wouldn't he take care of you and why wouldn't he take care of me? You see, Jesus is teaching you can have uncertainty and not worry at the same time. His point is not be irresponsible and it's going to work out. That's fatalism. I want to be careful here. He's, I don't believe in fate. I don't believe in karma or coincidence. He's not saying, hey, you just be reckless with your life and roll the dice. He's not inviting us to trust chance. He's inviting us to trust him as our heavenly father. The birds don't do any of the things you're doing. He says, and yet I take care of them. So why would I not take care of you? Who You are working hard and you are doing your best and you are setting goals and you are praying and seeking me. Don't you know I love you more than birds? He goes on, if you don't like that, if you're not convinced yet and you kind of disagree, he asks another question. Can any one of you by worrying at a single hour to your life? See where I got my question earlier? That's in verse 7. So if you don't like my bird plan, if you don't like my, my bird argument, just answer this one. Are you adding anything to your life by worrying? The answer is no. So Jesus said, look, if your worry isn't getting you to anywhere, I've got an idea. Look at the birds of the air. God loves me more than the birds of the sky. If God loves me that much and I've done all I know to do and I sow and I reap and I store away in barns, I've done all I can do that I have control over. I'm just going to surrender and trust God with tomorrow that I don't have any control over. And if so, I'm, I'm not going to worry. This is what he goes on. Matthew 6, 28. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin. That means they're not sewing. They're not collecting cotton and making some beautiful clothes. They're not doing that. He's saying, you guys labor and spin and you create clothes. The flowers are lazy and they do nothing. And look how I clothe them. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, he says, in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, Jesus says, it's here today, it's thrown in the fire tomorrow. Will he not much more clothe you? So he says, look at the birds, look at the flowers. 
Don't you believe that perhaps the tomorrow that you have no control over and now that you've done all that you can do and you've worked and you've prayed and you've served and you've saved, don't you believe that God can take care of you? Just look at the birds and look at the flowers. And then he goes right to the heart of the worry issue. And this is really where we're going to end today. We're going to end with the last part of this verse because I told you Jesus is going to diagnose our worry and he's not going to do it the wrong way. He's, not, he, he's going to have the right diagnosis. Everybody says worry is an emotional problem. But Jesus is going to show us it's not. It's not just an emotional problem. He's going to show us. Because we thought that the cure for our worry was finding a way to control the future. Just build up your bank account and you won't worry anymore. Just get in shape and you won't worry anymore about your health. Right? Just get your kids into a good college and you won't worry about them anymore. We think, well, if I just can get control, then I won't have to worry anymore. But that's treating the symptoms, not the cause. That's treating my Dr. Pepper down the windpipe with flu medicine. Not the same problem. You have to have the right diagnosis in order to find the right cure. And Jesus is going to jump right to the right diagnosis. Look at verse 30. Verse chapter 6 verse 30. You of little faith. You see worry is not a finance issue. Worry is not a heart issue. Or a health issue. Or a money issue. A finance issue. Worry is a faith issue. Our worry follows where our hearts are. We worry about the things that we love the most. What am I going to eat? You see where my worry was? What am I going to wear? How am I going to retire? What's my health going to look like? What's going to happen to my kids? And I know those are big things. And I want to be clear as we wrap this up. Never does Jesus say, don't eat anything. Never does Jesus say, please, please hear me here. Please wear clothes. Never does Jesus say, clothes don't matter. I don't want to see you on TV with a little blurred out image that they edit and censor and you saying, my pastor told me to do it. That's not okay. Jesus didn't say close the matter. He said, don't worry about them. Because look at the birds and look at the flowers. And don't I take care of them? He's not saying to stop worrying because the future is going to be easy or comfortable or certain in our eyes. He says stop worrying because... You know I'm the one that holds the future. You know that you may not ever know what happens tomorrow or the next day or the next day. We can't control the next five minutes. But we can put our trust in the one that does control the future. And we can look and go, look at the birds in the air and how he takes care of them. And look at the flowers in the field and look, look how he takes care of them. Because here's a newsflash. If you didn't know it already... You're learning it right now in our world. Not one single second of our lives has any certainty. We have lived with uncertainty since we were born. We may have not known it until something like this happens and wrecks our whole world. You know, I'll never forget sitting beside my wife when we were engaged to be married. Of all the dumb things for me to say, um, we were talking about being married. We were talking about security in marriage. And, you know, there's, there's moments she said... Uh, just looked at me and she said, I can't wait till we're married. There's so much security in marriage. That's a, I love that. There's commitment in marriage. It was such a nice statement because what she was saying is, I'm, I'm secure marrying you. 
I feel safe marrying you. And there are sometimes, men, things come to your mind. You know, it's kind of like throwing up. When your stomach starts to rumble, you know, oh, no, this isn't going to be good. And, and especially if you're in a place that you don't want to throw up. So you do your best to, to, to not, and you close your mouth, and you try. And, and there's just times where <laughs> you just can't hold it in. Well, this was one of those dumb times for me where I should have kept my mouth shut. I should have not said anything, but I'm a guy, and sometimes I say stupid things, and my brain went to rumbling, and so I just threw up the first thing to come out. And so she says, I just can't wait till we're married. There's just so much security in marriage and commitment. And I looked at my soon-to-be wife that I truly love with all my heart and, and committed to all my life. And I said, well, when you think about it, babe, there really isn't much security in marriage either. And what I'm thinking in my mind as, a, as you know, I'm, I'm a Bible student and, and, you know, I was in seminary working to become a pastor. And my Bible mind went to, you know what, our security should never be in our marriage. And that's a true statement. Follow me. That's not what my wife wanted to hear right there. She didn't need a sermon um, at that moment. Um, that was not a moment uh, to teach her spiritually something about security. I wanted to say, no, our security is really in God, not in me. Because I can always leave you. I can always divorce you. You can always leave me. You can always divorce me. You never know. Uh, we may break it off before we even get married. There's no security in marriage. True statement. It just threw up. It wasn't good. I got that look. And I, I knew, I didn't say any of that about divorce. She said, oh, well, why? Why is marriage not se secure? And I didn't want to say, well, because I might divorce you. You might divorce me. You know, I said the next thing that came to my mind, and it seemed plausible to me. I said, well, you never know. I might die. And she said, yeah, you might. And I think she said it a little excitedly, so if I ever disappear, you know what happened. Dig up in the backyard, I may be there. But here's my point, and it's so true. Control is an illusion. Security in this world is an illusion. You can make your plans. You can make your commitments. You can save money for retirement. Man, you can take care of your health. You can do all sorts of things to try to grab control of your life. But control is always an illusion. Security is it's always an illusion of this world. That may be news to you for the first time. Nothing in life is certain. You have no ability to determine for certain anything in your future. At any point in your life. And in 2020 with COVID-19, chaos, nothing has changed. Life has always been uncertain. We, we've just come to know that and to learn that these last few months. We, and a lot of people are scared and worried. Life has changed. Culture has changed. Our economy has changed. Our routines have changed. The way our kids go to school have changed. Our jobs have changed. The way we do church has changed. But I want to ask you one question to close very seriously for a moment. A very powerful question. I know that everything has changed. And everything is continuing to change in our world. But let me ask you this. What about God has changed? Has our God changed? No. Nothing about our God or His Word has changed. The answer to that question can give us security in a world that is out of control. It can give us peace in the midst of a storm. It can give you uh, that comfort and that confidence even when things are spiraling out of control. 
Nothing. God has not changed. And He still loves you today more than the birds and more than the flowers. And God still takes care of them. And don't you see, God will take care of you. God hasn't changed. And that fact alone is reason enough for us to stop worrying and start having faith. And so this simple statement has become my rallying cry this last week in my heart. God loves me more than the birds and the flowers. And I know it's simple, but it's so powerful because sometimes we don't believe it. But God loves me more than the birds and the flowers. You need to accept that today. You need to speak it today. You need to turn to your neighbor and say, God loves me more than the birds and the flowers. God takes care of the birds. God takes care of the flowers. And I know that he loves me more. So I'm going to put my trust in him. Now, how do I know he loves you more than the birds and the flowers? One, he tells us in this verse he does. But if you want proof, if you want absolute proof, if you want proof that he loves you more than birds and more than flowers, you just look to the cross. Because he died for you. He didn't die for the birds. He didn't die for the flowers. He didn't die for even the angels that he created. He died for you. Because God loves you. That's the message of the gospel. God loves you. And God's love doesn't change because God doesn't change. And so getting rid of our worry is not through fighting for control of our lives. But by trusting our lives to the one that really, truly, completely loves you. He loves you. He's the only one that can provide that security. And that control that even in the midst of a storm, whether we live or whether we die, God, we're safe in your loving arms. Jesus jumps right from worry to faith because he knows that really it's a matter of our heart, not a matter of what's going on in the world around us. The cure to your worry is faith. The cure to your worry is trust. The cure is in knowing that God loves you more than the birds and more than the flowers, and that he can be trusted with our lives. He's proven his love on the cross of Calvary, died on a cross, rose again three days later. We truly have no reason to worry when our faith is in him. Without him, we have no anchor in life, no peace in life, no security in life. But in him, we know that even in death, we have a promise of eternity in heaven. If you don't know him today, just have one last question for you to answer. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Put your faith in Jesus Christ today. Church, family, you Christians out there, man, it's time. Put your faith again in Jesus Christ today. Get your, your eyes off your worry and put them on our God who is our way maker, who is our life giver, who is our provider, who loves us more than the birds and the flowers. If you don't know Jesus today, I just ask that wherever you are, you put your faith in him. Ask him to save you. Call on him to save you. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. You put your faith and your trust in him, and he'll save you. If you've done that today, you've made that decision, we want to invite you. Uh, I know it's over a camera from a long ways away, but we want to invite you to call our helpline, 254-893-HELP. You'll call that number, 254-893-HELP, and you're going to get a message there. And you just say, hey, Pastor Daniel, I put my faith in Jesus today. 
and, and I, I would love to call you back. I would love to talk to you about that and pray with you and just celebrate with you. Uh, life can spiral out of control. And it may in the next coming weeks like we've never seen it before. It may not. But I want to tell you, no matter what happens, from the very first sermon through this COVID-19 thing that started, God's word has been very clear. He is in control. He is in control. And today, he'll add from Matthew chapter 6, he loves you more than birds and more than flowers. Cast your worries on him and hold on to him. Father, we thank you so much for your word today. Father, forgive us for worry because we know worry, Father, is just lack of faith in our lives. Father, and help us to take our eyes off of the world around us and the things that we think we need and desire, even the things in our lives that, Father, we seriously do have need for. Father, it does no good to worry about them. And we know you love us more than the birds and more than the flowers. You proved your love at Calvary for us. So, Father, we just cast our cares on you. And, Father, we do hold on to the one that is our security. Father, that is our comfort and our peace. Father, so we're going to work. We're going to pray. We're going to fill out and go on interviews. Father, we're going to teach our kids. We're going to toil and spin and work. But, Father, at the end of the day, we're going to trust. We're going to trust. Father, that you are in control and that you love us more than the birds and more than the flowers. And Father, we don't have to worry because our God loves us and is in control. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for how it touches my heart. I pray it does every listener out there today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We will see you next week. Uh, Wednesday night Bible study, 7 o'clock on Facebook Live if you want to join us there. Thank you. God bless.